You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're talking football with Bengal Jim and friends. We're talking football. We hope this never ends. Jimmy James and Tom are back for more. Like Joey B, we're here for season four with Bengal guests and stories not heard before. There's Tony, Mark, and Jamie, as well as our charity. Hootie Nation, join in from far and wide. Every Tuesday night, the guys are back at it live. By the fans, for the fans, from day one, it's time to have some fun. We're talking football with Bengal Jim and friends. We're talking football. We hope this never ends. The Bengal boys stop by to drop the speed. Don't get your popcorn ready and take a seat. Season four will end with the Lombardy. Live from various locations in Cincinnati and from greater Indianapolis, Indiana, welcome to a Bengal Jim and Friends minus Bengal Jim episode. So tonight we'll be delving into the world of fantasy football, but without further ado, here's James. Oh, you get turning over to me already. I think you you said earlier before we went on, it was going to be a stress-free show. Were you alluding to Jimmy not being here, or do you want to expound on that? I'm feeling positive waves. I'm feeling contracts being signed in the foreseeable future. I'm seeing great offensive line play, solid defense uh, I'm, yeah, as a Bengal fan, very, very good times ahead. All things positive. We appreciate everyone for joining us. Uh, down below, you see the ticker there. We're still having problems with Facebook. So if there's any way you're watching tonight, you can go to the YouTube link. First of all, hit subscribe and then share it on your Facebook page. So that way we can reach uh, the Bengal fans there. We would appreciate you uh, doing so. Great uh, guest tonight. We're going to jump into him in a, in a couple of minutes talking about fantasy football. It's that the time of year where we're going to uh, partake in our one, two, three, four, however many um, fantasy football teams that you might partake in. And uh, Tony, you had a week off last week. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, a lot of good fun. See you rocking, uh, see you rocking yeah. the FOCO hat. Brian, who's uh, watching. Was a winner of one of those uh, last week, so uh, good to see you sporting the Foco brand. That's right. Uh, always, I got a couple of my Foco uh, items out, getting them ready and primed up, ready for the, the tailgate season. So, looking forward to it. Mark, afternoon, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? We are uh, you're doing good. It's a little, little hot. Hopefully, everybody's staying cool, regardless of what uh, area of the country you're in, especially outside workers like uh, Tony that uh, have to be out there in the heat. So uh, stay safe. 
Oh, uh, fun night ahead. A little bit later, we're going to talk about the Falcons-Bengals game last Friday night in Hot Atlanta. Tony was there, so we can talk about the uh, concessions, which was a big uh, texturing um, going into that game, how cheap concessions are in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, charity with, with Tony. We had a big announcement about our Nashville tailgate that we dropped this afternoon. We'll touch on that as well as what's happening week one in the city up north, what's going to be going on. So lots to cover tonight. Uh, without further ado, let's bring on our uh, guest, Tom. Go ahead and uh, introduce him. You can find him on toiletstotitles.com, which uh, really drew us to him, but he is a fantasy football expert. Also gives great coverage of the NFL uh, football as a whole in the NFL draft, uh, college players coming into the NFL draft. But tonight he's here to focus in on everybody's fantasy football team and fantasy football picks. So, uh, again, let's welcome Coach Sheps to the show. Coach? Hey, everybody. What's happening? Thanks for having me. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you uh, joining us. So the first thing we've got to ask, toilets to titles. How in the heck did that come about? Man, uh, so the last place game, which you guys haven't been too familiar with as Bengals fans ever since you got Joe Burrow, but uh, the last place game is is usually called the Toilet Bowl, right? And uh, what I wanted to do as a fantasy brand was to help people go from the Toilet Bowl to the championship, and Toilets to Titles rolls off the tongue. Love it. I love it. As always, we want the uh, listeners to um, ask questions. If you have a uh, question for Coach Sheps, go ahead and type them in the chat. I'm a little jealous of uh, Timothy in the Pacific Northwest. He said it was 70 and cloudy in Seattle today. So uh, definitely not weather we're having back in the Midwest. And Coach Sheps, a fellow New Yorker, um, so thanks for coming on. The first uh, question that um, I guess we're going to have for you, looking at the fantasy football draft here this season, the tone seems to be much like we're seeing in the NFL with contracts in the running back position it's a little valued this year do you think that's safe to say oh yeah yeah I think running backs devalued um but it's kind of it's kind of tough because it's devalued but wide receivers seem to be falling off trees like every year the NFL draft you're seeing like five or six wide receivers come out that are ready to play day one like look at Yosevas right Andre Yosevas, you know, I know, you know Charlie Jones, like there's players that are are guys that weren't taken with high draft capital that might come in in a PPR system. So I think if you're if you're devaluing running back, you need to be careful because later in the draft, it's easier for you to get one of those wide receivers than it is to get a running back who's going to produce for you. A lot of the draft boards, you see Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase going off one and two, maybe one of the running backs, McCaffrey going off three and four. Is that how you would stack up um, your board for those that have early picks? Yeah, you know, I, I see a lot of people on, you know, on social media, I guess we call it X now, kind of asking questions about the top five. In the first round, you know, you, you don't want to swing and miss. You know, you want a double at a minimum. And guys like Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler, you know, running backs are volatile. So, yes, they're going to produce a lot, but they have some injury history, and the Eckler's kind of getting a little bit older. You know, Christian McCaffrey. So, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase just seem safe. And you safe with 
very high ceiling, high floor, high ceiling. So I've been seeing it that way. Yeah. Okay. One little side note here. Uh, Tony who's on the screen does our charities every year. We do a Bengal gym um, fantasy draft. Uh, guys donate hundred percent goes to charity. And then we give away a, a signed item before I forget, cool. we do have two spots left for that this year. If you'd like to join, it's simply a $50 donation, hundred percent of the proceeds um, go to charity. Send us a, a DM on, on Facebook and we can get you into one of those uh, last two spots. As we mentioned, uh, we appreciate the fan participation. We're going to go to a fan question right off the top. Just down the road, I live in Indianapolis, um, Coach, so I'm very familiar with um, this situation. What's your thoughts on uh, Jonathan Taylor? He had a what, huge year. was it two years ago. Where right. do you rank him and do you uh, put him near the top of your draft board? I just updated my redraft rankings like within the last 48 hours. I had Jonathan Taylor running back three last week. I have him at running back five right now. I dropped him behind McCaffrey, Eckler, Chubb, and Robinson. And I I love Nick Chubb. You know, you guys get to see him twice a year. I think Nick Chubb is one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL, but this isn't a Nick Chubb question. It's a Jonathan Taylor question. Now, if Jonathan Taylor wasn't attached to Jim Irsay, it might be a little bit easier to predict, but who knows what the heck that guy's going to do. I've kind of daydreamed about Jonathan Taylor in the Minnesota Vikings offense. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan. I wouldn't like to see him in the NFC, but I think if if you saw him over in the NFC replacing Dalvin Cook, that'd be phenomenal. But all of this is just guessing. Are you drafting Jonathan Taylor? I would, but I would wait. You know, I, I would try to get him at ADP. Everybody's scared. I think Jonathan Taylor goes from being a, a probably a top six pick to probably a top 15 pick. If you can get him, if you could get a high-end wide receiver at the end, like let's say you pick eight and you get a high-end wide receiver, then you come back and like pick 14, 15, and Jonathan Taylor's still there, I'm still taking him, you know, 100%. I I might even take him at 9 or 10, but it's just we don't know. There's so much we don't know right now. Question for you. This is kind of a a million-dollar question about our regular Bengals team, but I'm going to translate it into fantasy football. Uh, Brian jokes, can we uh, return Trevor Simeon to Chicago? But uh, talking about, um, you know, specifically quarterbacks, you know, you've got the Jalen Hurts, you've got the Patrick Mahomes, obviously you, you've got Joe. Are, on a, an average 15-round draft, are you one of those guys that's going to draft a backup quarterback or are you going to maybe get one off the waiver wire week seven or eight with your team as a buy? Man, I, so I don't play in many one-quarterback leagues. But in a one-quarterback league, you know, the ones that I do play in, I tend to save a roster spot for a different position, and I'll pick a quarterback up on a bye for sure. Okay. Tony, enough of me talking. You have a question for Coach Shep? Yeah, so I see you got someone brand new to this whole thing of fantasy world here. What's the first and most important thing that you would recommend to them? Man, I, I would recommend joining a community, you know, like find out like you, you guys are podcasters, you know, you're, you're big time fans. So, you know, the value, like you were talking about tailgating earlier, you know, the value of surrounding yourself with people like you. So if you want to get into fantasy, I would try to dive into a fantasy community. Like we have a chat on uh, the Gilded app with over 250 people. It's free. And where we got people that are newcomers, old timers that are just in there. We're doing mock drafts. Like, so for the most part, I would say join a community, dial in, you know, take what people are saying 
and take what you like and leave the rest. Like, you know, if you, if you're not buying what somebody's selling, you know, take, take what you like and then move on to the next guy. But that, that, that's what I would recommend. Thanks coach. Mark. Uh, So I have a two part question. Uh, My first question is how many fantasy leagues do you play in a year? Man, last year I was at 16. Okay. So, but I know people there, there's a guy in my, in our chat who's trying to do 300 this year which is absolutely bananas, bananas. So, but this year I went down to about eight. And the reason I went down to eight is I run this thing called the Frankenstein league. That's uh, it's kind of, it's kind of our brand as 96 teams. It has eight divisions. Like every year we grow it and it's, it's just, it's got playable cards. It's, it's unlike anything you've ever played in. And I've spent so much time this past year trying to dive into that and try dive into NFL draft content. I kind of took a step back, but eight, Around eight leagues is is my step back. Wow. Before you oh, ask that second uh, second question, Mark, does that guy with three hundred leagues does he have a job or is this his full time job? Man, I, I gotta I don't know. I, I've never asked that question. It's just he he's trying to get to three hundred. So anytime somebody's okay. like, "Hey, we have an opening in our league," he's like, "I'm in, I'm in." He's just he's the guaranteed guy to fill it. Wow. Nice. Okay, Mark, go ahead. Also, my second question is the, the title of your from toilet to title. Do you have that trademark? Uh, we might. I think okay. we do. I got it. To, so I'm not I'm not that guy. We we have uh, we have like uh, I'm the CEO. We have a CFO. That's a good question. I, I hope so. <laughs> so when the Bengals win the Super Bowl, I'm hoping I can use that for our DVD to call it from toilet to title. Heck yeah. We'll heck yeah. Give us, give us a little plug and, and, and you got my permission. You got my permission. <laughs> Here's that. Before we go to you, Tom, we've got a couple more minutes to thank John in the listener chat has a question. And this is a, a different way of doing it for those that aren't um, familiar. Obviously you can just do a rotisserie or snake draft. And there's some drafts where you, you have a budget a player's name's thrown out there and then um, you can spend $1 or $50 on a player. Right. So uh, John asked um, Jamar Chase auction value with a $200 budget. Right, man. That's so it's tough to gauge auctions because you never really know what somebody believes the value. Cause it's really, the value comes down to what somebody's willing to pay. Right. In very generic terms. Now is this, is this like dynasty? Whereas dynasty, if you have an auction, you're thinking long term, or if this is redraft, which is you know one one year at a time. And redraft, you know, he's probably going to be a centerpiece. Well, he's going to be the centerpiece. I I like to get like two or three pillars if I'm in auction. So I'd probably be willing to spend you know between forty and sixty. You know, like a big that's you know a quarter of my budget right there. I'd probably want to. I'd probably want to get like my top three players with about a hundred, 110, and then try to fill out the rest with, you know, guys that are kind of just pieces. All right, Tom, go ahead. You've been waiting long enough. That's all right. Coach, the local guys here, the Bengals, where, where do you hit them? Certainly we know Burrow and Chase are near the top. Where's the guy like T Higgins? I'm going to fire some names on you. Where's T Higgins? On your man board. so so t higgins i have at 13 right behind chris olave okay. so and chris olave is a one in his offense you know t higgins is the two and the fact that he's right up there with the two i think that says a lot i have him ahead of Devonte smith another high-end number two 
Uh, Amari Cooper, who's a one in, in Cleveland that you guys get to see, I think he's you know going to have a solid year because the, the Browns are committing to the aerial attack so far, or at least that's what they're saying. But I got T. Higgins at 13. Okay. As we have found out last year in the AFC Championship, when Tyler Boyd went down, that hurt us a lot. Right. When a team has two fantastic weapons, like the Bengals do, two high-profile weapons, Chase and Higgins, are there guys to be found at a great value like a Tyler Boyd, an Irv Smith Jr., right. Joe Mixon, who can run for 1,000 yards and catch for another four to 600 yards? I mean, I think there's definitely value in depth pieces. Like I mentioned before, Yosefas, like – He's a guy you could probably pick up as a free agent or just kind of keep on your watch list. He's a field spreader. Uh, he's a high point guy. He's a super athlete. Uh, Charlie Jones, like I've watched Charlie Jones in college, put some of the best defensive backs in the nation on skates. He is a phenomenal route runner. He's got excellent, excellent hands. So there's definitely value there. But the value pick, I would say, for the Cincinnati Bengals, if I'm a Bengals fan, I'm playing in fantasy, and I'm, I got like, say it's the 16th round, it's one of the last rounds, I like Chase Brown. Chase Brown coming out of Illinois is a do it all running back. And he's right. He's going to be right behind Joe Mixon. You know, Joe Mixon has a little bit of an injury history as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Chase Brown gets you high end RB two numbers, maybe three or four weeks this season, because, you know, maybe Joe, Joe Mixon misses some time might not be all in a row, but uh, you know, if you, if you add up throughout the season, I, I think Chase Brown's going to make his, some noise. His brother, Sidney, Already over in Philadelphia, I think he's got combined like 20 tackles uh, in two preseason games. So that family, they got some good bloodlines, and, and he might make some noise. Our, our resident Canadian's not on the show, so we can make fun of him and say not bad for some Canadians. But uh, as you know, both those guys are from, um, from Ontario. Um, here's a, a question. I'm going to spin it a little bit. Timothy Lyons asks, where do you have the Bengals defense in fantasy? And tell me if I'm wrong, Coach, but there's – a lot of people that say just judging the defense is probably one of the hardest things to do yeah. in fantasy. Maybe that's one of those 15th, 16th rounds where, where you take a flyer. Right. So go ahead and give us your thoughts on, on first of all, drafting a defense high if you do and, and perhaps where the Bengals might fall. And so the Bengals, I probably have them somewhere between 10 and 14. I, I don't rank defenses, right? But I like what they have on the defensive line. Sam Hubbard. He's going to be a high-end sack guy. Trey Henderson, uh, Hendrickson's very good. Logan Wilson's a high tackle guy. You know, they play in a conference where I think between the, you know, the Browns are trying to air it out, but I think the Steelers, the Ravens, when you're playing those games, which are four games a year, those are kind of low-scoring games, which the low-scoring game helps the defense. The defense. And, 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 and I love and, Dax and I love Hill. Dax. Oh, so I'm getting a little bit of an echo there, but yep. I think Dax Hill, I think he's going to take a step this season. I loved him out of the University of Michigan. So that's a team I probably wouldn't draft the Bengals defense, but I'd keep an eye on them because they have some guys who I think could take a step. Jordan Battle, who they got out of the University of uh, Alabama, and Miles Murphy. Like they got some young guys between them, you know, and Dax Hill. I'd be interested to see, you know, how, how high of a step they take this year. Moving on to the NFC North, uh, Lions questions. He says, the Lions running back getting drafted too high. I assume he's referring Gibbs. to uh, Jameer Gibbs. Yes. Yeah. You know, and you also hear out of camp, um, Coach Campbell's also high on, is it David Montgomery for you over the old uh, Chicago running back, if I'm not uh, not mistaken. So what's your thoughts on Brian's question about Jamar Gibbs? 
Uh, so what would we say is too high? I think Gibbs is probably going between the fourth and the sixth round. I have him as my RB11 right ahead of Travis Etienne. So I, I don't think that's too high because most likely, you know, if you're going running back heavy, he's your RB2 in the draft. Now, if you're going wide receiver heavy, he's likely your RB1, but you're swinging for upside. So if, say you got a guy like a Jamar Chase, say you paired Jamar Chase with an Amon Ross St. Brown or a Jalen Waddle, and here you are in the third round, you got two home runs, right? You got Amon Ross going to crush it. Jamar Chase is going to crush it. Now Gibbs is a little bit of question mark because he's a rookie, but you know he's going to get touches out of the backfield, you know, in PPR. He's probably going to catch about six passes a game. You could take any one of them to the end zone. So if I got two very high floor players ahead of him, I'm not afraid to take a guy like Jameer Gibbs because – I think the juice is worth the squeeze. All righty. Carmen, joining us from beautiful uh, Colorado, asks your thoughts on mock drafts. Doing those beneficial? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, so we uh, at Toilets Titles, like I said, we have a gilded group chat. We do this thing called the Mock Draft Lavatory. So every Monday night at 9.30 p.m., we actually have three mock drafts going. We have three people on air taking part in the mock drafts, and we break them down on air. Uh, One of the – all right, there's a few things that make a mock draft beneficial. One of them is you could test strategies, right? You could, because every year the landscape kind of changes. Earlier in the show, we talked about, you know, running backs are being devalued, you know, wide receivers. So there's trends and you could test out these trends in mock drafts. And again, I mentioned the community, like it's one thing to, to join a random mock draft. Sometimes you get a group of, you know, decent people who are going to take it serious, but sometimes you're going to hop in a random mock and people are going to bail by the third round. So it's important to do the right mocks and with the right people, but it's good. It's good to test strategy. And the other thing that's good about it is I tend to have guys like a guy like Brandon Ayuk. I'm really high on Brandon Ayuk this season, but I'm also not like, I, I, I guess I didn't necessarily want to put it this way, but I, I would say I'm not dumb. And what I mean by that is if his ADP is let's say sixth or seventh round, just because I like him at fourth round value doesn't mean I'm going to take him at fourth round value. You know, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to buy him maybe a little bit earlier than what he costs. And when you're in the mock drafts, you can find out where you can get your guys without losing them. Greg asks, I'm trying to get through as many as you can and be conscious of your time coach. Derek Henry, a top six pick. We know he's not a good pick when he plays the Bengals. Bengals have done a pretty good job of uh, shutting him down over the years. Um, what's your thoughts on, on Derek Henry? It's funny. I have Derrick Henry, my running back six. I have him behind McCaffrey, Eckler, Chubb, Bijan, Jonathan Taylor. And then I have Derrick Henry right there, but I have him above Saquon, Pollard, Najee Harris. So I wouldn't say he's a top six pick overall. I would say he's a top six running back. And and I don't know if you guys got to watch Tajay Spears, but Tajay Spears, you know, they're going to run Derrick Henry into the ground. That, that's going to be the Titans MO. I, I don't think the quarterback play is going to be very good this year. But, you know, he got banged up last year. He's starting to get a little bit old. Like, I'm I'm nervous about Derrick Henry. And what did I say earlier? Like, you can't swing and miss in the first round. And, and yes, you could hit a home run with Derrick Henry. But it makes me nervous yeah, a little bit, you know, taking him that high. Fair enough. Tom um, says take the Jacksonville players. They're going to blow through that division. Obviously, we're talking uh, Travis Etienne. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit on Calvin Ridley. We know he yeah. sat out last year because also there. Go ahead and uh, your thoughts on, on the Jacksonville offense, including well, Trevor Lawrence. 
I love Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has been ascending. I think Doug Peterson's a great coach. I have Trevor Lawrence right now, my quarterback nine in fantasy, but I kind of have him in a cluster. You know, so I, I think that offense is going to be great. I think ETN's going to be great. I think Tank Bigsby's going to get some time. I think Evan Ingram's going to be solid. Christian Kirk's going to be solid. But I do think Calvin Ridley's going to step in and be that dude. Like, he's going to be the number one wide receiver. Calvin Ridley has always been a phenomenal route runner, right? He came into the NFL out of Alabama, probably day one, one of the top 10 route runners in the NFL. He's got great hands. But what I'm noticing from Calvin Ridley, just from the footage I watched, it looked like he took that suspension personally. He he looks to have a gear when he gets off the line of scrimmage and then also when he's breaking on the football that I haven't seen from Calvin Ridley in the past. He's always been super smooth and efficient and effective. But now he looks like he's got some added burst to his game. And, and I think because of the depth, of wide receivers that they have in Jacksonville, you know, I'm going to study his ADP as well, but if I could get him at value, I would love to have Calvin Ridley on my roster. Fair enough. Um, Tom, go ahead. You have another question. Coach, I know you also cover the NFL, certain teams more so than others, but in a very stacked quarterback heavy AFC, how do you see our Bengals doing this year? Man, I think the Bengals, well, the Bengals have experience, you know, and the Bengals, I think, with the youth on defense, with the experience on offense, I think the Bengals, you know, I, I think anything less than an AFC championship game would be a disappointment. So I, I think they're they're going to be in the final four for the AFC for sure. You know, you can't, you know, it's it's Mahomes, it's Allen, it's Burrow. You know, I, I like Herbert as well. I think the Chargers take a step with Kellen Moore at offensive coordinator. I think he's a solid offensive coordinator. I think he's going to be good for that young guy. And in kind of Buffalo, Buffalo seems to be on shaky ground. You know, they got a really good quarterback, and but it almost seems to me like they're just as close to imploding as they are to, you know, breaking through. So I'd be interested to see how they do this year. Yeah, also starting to hear some rumblings about Stefan Diggs not yeah. uh, happy like we heard um, last time. Let's talk about your Cowboys because obviously C.D. Lamb's there. Uh, we know about Dak. Tony Pollard's going to get the majority of carries. But a name that's being thrown out quite a bit is Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Getting a lot of love now. And also um, somebody who I think is decent, um, if he can stay healthy, is Michael Gallup. Maybe you want to touch on those guys. Michael Gallup, I'd be a little bit concerned about. I think Michael Gallup's a better NFL player than he is a fantasy player, especially with Jalen Tolbert taking a step. Jalen Tolbert was kind of a non-factor last year, but this year he seems to take a step in his second year in the NFL, and they drafted him in the third round. So so Gallup's a clear three, Tolbert's a clear four, but he'll take away from some of his touches. You'll see big plays, you know, moving the chains, deep balls to Gallup this year, but I don't know if it necessarily is going to help your fantasy roster. Brandon Cooks, on the other hand, you know, I heard one of the big, you know, so Brian Broadus is a big, uh, you know, beat reporter for the Dallas Cowboys for, on some of the podcasts I listen to. And he kind of mentioned this and I'm kind of buying it. He said he wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Cooks, you know, catches more balls than CeeDee Lamb. Like CeeDee Lamb will have more touchdowns, more yards, but with the way that Cooks and Dak are connecting and with the way they want to use him in that offense with some bubble screens, with some smoke routes, you know, they're going to have Brandon Cooks involved early and often. And I don't have him as high as a guy like T. Higgins or Devontae Smith, but I think he cracks my my top 24. And uh, with, at, with his speed at any point, he could break it for a big gain. So he's a guy you could probably get a little later was, as a flex play. If Brandon Cooks is your flex play, Every now and then he's going to throw you a wide receiver one week. So I like the value there. 
Nice. Final question, Tom. We got one more for Coach Sheps. We'll let you end it. Who do you see from the NFC playing our Bengals in the Super Bowl? I think the 49ers are due, man. I do. I think the 49ers, like I, I, I'm a defensive guy. I coach defense. I coach defensive backs. I played strong safety. I love Talano Hufanga, you know, the safety for San Francisco, Fred Warner. You know, I love Micah Parsons. I love that we're becoming a tough physical team, but for so long, the Cowboys were flashy, you know, high scoring, you know, now we're kind of starting to get gritty and I enjoy that. It's, it's, it's fun to watch a gritty team, but San Francisco, they got the blueprint for grit. And, you know, Philadelphia is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. So it could be Philly, but I think San Francisco's due. I think I think they're going to be there. Well, we appreciate you joining us, um, Coach. You did mention your uh, handles. So let's go ahead and uh, tell the listeners out there how they can find you, your Twitter handle, your podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah, man. So we're on YouTube, Toilets to Titles, the Toilets to Titles uh, Network. Uh, you can find me on Twitter or X at Coach Sheps. The show is on Twitter at Toilets to Titles. If you'd like to join our fantasy football community, we, we call them the Title Tribe. Again, it's free. We do mock drafts. We, we give trade advice, start sit advice. You can email me if you can't find me on social media, toilets to titles at gmail.com. Say, hey, coach, uh, you know, I'm interested in, in, you know, getting into your fantasy football community and, I, and I'll get you in there. We, we'd love to see you there. Well, we appreciate that. I see the LSU uh, poster in the background. Was that from the championship season? Yes, yes. Honey Badger, like he's in that photo. He's probably one of my favorite. If you see over this shoulder, I got the uh, signed Sports Illustrated Endangered Species from after he got suspended. I'm, I'm, and then also over this shoulder, I got a LSU light. But this year I'm covering Army football. I live in the Hudson Valley, so I got to get some Army memorabilia up here. Okay, you're going to go to the game at the uh, JMA Wireless Dome in Syracuse? Ah uh, man, so I'm, I'm only so I'm going to all home games for West Point except for Army Navy, which is at Gillette Stadium, and I'll be up in the press box there. So okay. I'm looking forward to it. Well, nice coach. We appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, I'm sure we'll fire, fire off some um, questions for you on uh, social media. Again, um, it's that time of year. This is a, a fun time for those that that are big into the fantasy football. We appreciate you taking some time to come on and talk it. Thanks for having me, man. It was, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Good luck to your Thanks, Cowboys. Coach. I appreciate it. Good luck to your Bengals. Thank, Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. Good job. All righty, Tom. Yeah. Got uh, our uh, – Tony, what what did you gain for our, our fantasy football draft next week? What did you gain from Coach Sheps? Um, do my research. Uh, this guy is freaking <laughs> intelligent, man. He was just throwing out all kinds of stuff. Uh, it was hard for me to follow him, but yeah, I need to, I need to get, uh, I need to get better into the game if I'm going to compete with the league here. So. Yeah. Mark. Uh, I'm still wondering, wondering what ADP stands for. I'm not exactly sure. Is that an average draft position maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Like right. yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. I'm not a fantasy guy, so, but it was very, very, uh, knowledgeable guy. Very good. Good. Yeah, no, we appreciate him um, coming out. Without further ado, Tony, this is uh, the fun part of the show that um, we do where we talk about charity. I'm going to pop the latest numbers up on the screen here and uh, let you talk about where we're at. So $39,261, 14 different charities mentioned there. Let's go ahead and uh, brag about all the good stuff that's going on. Yes, yeah, so uh, we've had a lot of uh, uh, things going on this week. Um, I want to thank um, Duke Energy, who uh, has donated $2,000, as they did last year, 
to our Toys for Tots. So excited for that. We uh, were able to do a lot of good uh, work with that as well as uh, from the tailgates. And then, of course, you mentioned it already, our Fantasy League uh, that we're doing for our charity. So that's an additional $500 added into that pot. And then we have our current duck race uh, that's going on. It's for T3 Corp, um, which is a uh, a 501c3 down in uh, Tennessee. Um, I know uh, if some of you follow uh, T Higgins or Camellia or what we call Mama T, uh, she is a board member of that charity. So she's going to come on the show on the 5th and talk about that charity. And that's what the duck race is for. It's for a T Higgins signed jersey. Uh, which the lucky winner will win. So make sure you go out there and buy your duck, $25 a duck. And like I said, it goes to the T3 Corp. So uh, we're well on our way, right? Uh, we have a $150,000 goal and uh, we're almost at 40000 And, you know, we're just now starting the season. So I'm, I'm really excited about what we got going on this year. So, And for those that want to find uh, or buy a duck uh, with a chance to win that T. Higgins jersey, where do they do that? Uh, there's a link on our uh, social media pages. It's, at, uh, it's actually an Eventbrite uh, link. Um, that you can go on there and purchase. And uh, as always, 100% of those proceeds will go to T3 Corp. And um, that's how you can do it. Well, again, I'm going to pop this number up. So we haven't even played our first regular season game yet and just under $40,000 because of the generosity of, of Bengals fans. And we certainly appreciate that. Again, there is two spots left in the Bengal Gym Fantasy Football League. That money will go if you want interested in, in joining. Um, shoot us a, a DM on Facebook, and we'll make that uh, happen. As always, Tony, we uh, we appreciate it. It's, it's going to be a um, a fun year. Um, there's been a lot of uh, rumbling about the Jacksonville game. We're working on something pretty special and unique for that. And um, before I let you go, I think you have some information on this, which is happening tomorrow night. Is that correct, Tony? Yep, that's correct. It's uh, it's at the uh, pickleball fundraiser that uh, our buddy Jimmy is going to be uh, uh, MCing along with Sarah Lease. Uh, I will also be going there. Um, it's going to be a good time, and all of the proceeds there uh, is it's earning money for the Her Cincinnati, which is a uh, a women's foundation to get them out of poverty and uh, you know into the workforces and all that kind of good stuff. So it's a really good organization to be supporting. A lot of good uh, people are going to be there tomorrow. Uh, so come out and join us. We appreciate that. And we mentioned earlier that um, cool hat that you have on. Uh, we want to thank Foco for partnering with us. That uh, white one, of the jungle uh, white one that uh, we gave away last week. Stay tuned. So whether it's on social media at the tailgate, um, we'll have those for, for Bengal fans. So as always, Tony, we uh, appreciate everything that you do. Uh, I appreciate the the, the fans. Uh, they're the ones that's doing it. You know, uh, Who Day Nation is really stepping up and supporting all the charities and all the work that we help facilitate. So without them, we wouldn't be able to do uh, what we do. And, and just a real quick plug as we talk about charity is um, the tickets for t- uh, Tony's Tickets for Kids. Uh, it was a really good success for our preseason game. I wasn't here last week to talk about it. We had 11 kids that were able to go to their first NFL football game uh, thanks to all the donations that were received. I just got a text from uh, another fan out there who just donated two tickets to the Monday night game. So uh, if you guys want to donate or you have corporations or companies that want to help put uh, Tony's tickets for kids to good use and get those kids to their first football games, please let me know. It's a, it's a great program that we started a couple years ago and really excited about that as well. Before we go into the Atlanta game, 
which you had the uh, pleasure of attending on, on Friday night, Tony. You are rocking whose jersey tonight? Uh, no one other than uh, Mr. Anderson, hoping uh, okay. we, hear, we hear good words about him tomorrow. You've got the Ken Anderson jersey. I've got the, um, the cool T-shirt. Our resident historian, Tom's here. All things jungle to the hall. Tom, feel free to elaborate on uh, where we stand with that. The committee, the seniors committee, which uh, members of this show we've had a love-hate relationship with, but we do respect, met today. Uh, a while back, the seniors uh, bracket was eliminated to 12, and each of those 12 players, 12 legends, had a presentation given on their behalf today to the committee. And from there, the 12, three will be nominated to the entire voting body of the hall. And uh, they need a 75% vote for them to get in. Typically, if you're nominated by the seniors committee, it's almost a lock, almost. So we're hoping, we know Ken Anderson deserves to be one of those three. We're hoping he is one of those three. Uh, I will say this, he's gotten a lot more buzz and a lot more support from media around the voters in recent weeks. So that is a good sign. Um, you know, whether it is or not, if he is not one of those three, we certainly hope he's one of the top six, which kind of puts him in a favorite position for next year. But you never know. But we're we're hoping for good news. Man, does he deserve it. We appreciate that. And we'll keep our uh, fingers crossed. I can remember last year kind of sitting on pins and needles when we were going through this whole thing with obviously both Kenny Anderson and, and Ken Riley and, and ultimately got the good news about um, Ken Riley. So we'll keep our fingers crossed on the um, good news for Ken Anderson um, this year. Here's a good segue. Tom says the Atlanta airport is huge. Um, I remember going to the uh, Mercedes-Benz Dome. If, if Bengals fans remember, it was that last second um, touchdown by A.J. Green in, in one of the end zones that won. It was like week two or three. It was early in the um, season. So, uh, Tony, you want to give us um, your thoughts on uh, visiting the Mercedes-Benz Dome and just kind of the vibe for um, a Friday night game down there in the ATL? Yeah, so it was awesome. Me and the wife uh, drove down uh, Friday morning to attend the game. Uh, you know, I, we're, we've all been doing it. We've been traveling the NFL, doing the stadium tour. And I had a favorite stadium up until this past Friday. Uh, Mercedes-Benz by far is my favorite stadium as of right now. Uh, it's it's the design of it's well. Uh, it flows very well. The seats and the aisleways are nice and big. And as you mentioned earlier in the beginning of the show, the concession stands are like half the cost of, uh, you know, what other stadiums are. So you can really enjoy yourself with uh, less money. And um, it was just a good environment. There wasn't as many fans there as I expected um, being a preseason game. I thought there would be a little bit more there. And to be honest with you, I think Q-Day Nation um, outranked the, the Atlanta folks that were there, the Dirty Birds. So I think uh, you know, Q-Day Nation took advantage of the, the short drive or fly uh, to Atlanta and um, you know, took in a game. So it was a very well laid out stadium, enjoyed it very much. And uh, it's my top stadium at this point. Did they have that DJ when we, Craig and I had the opportunity to go a couple of years ago and actually went to the old um, Atlanta stadium. When, if you remember, Pac-Man Jones got hurt in that game many moons ago when we played um, down there. But the one thing I remember is like every break they had the DJ playing 
way up high. Was he still like literally playing every break that they had? Uh, I don't recall the DJ playing. Um, I do the, in okay. the corner of the end zone. I guess is their little fan area, kind of like the dog pound mm-hmm. area that we see up north. But uh, uh, there was a, a pretty uh, substantial Dirty Bird presence in that area, and they were hooting and hollering. But I don't remember the DJ going. But I do remember that damn train train blowing a few times. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it was it was still a good time though. Tom, let's talk about the game. We broke it down a little bit uh, on our call this week. What uh, stuck up? out to you the most about the game on, on Friday night? Don't say backup quarterback. That doesn't even count for discussion right now. I, I evaluate every preseason game the same way. There are going to be some things I like. There are going to be some things I don't like. And what makes it a break is, it is were there any substantial injuries, which there weren't. So from that standpoint, it, it was a good night. Um, I think the team continues to grow. Uh, the defense, I was a little surprised. Uh, with the third day, we seem to always be giving up plays on third down throughout the game, but uh, they were resilient. They were tough, made plays when they had to, and the offense was sluggish, very sluggish. Uh, the backup offensive line, I think, never really has settled in just because they had the pieces moving around constantly, seeing different guys at different spots. And uh, like you said, we'll just leave the backup quarterback position on its own I you know I I will say this I'm leaning toward the Bengals backup quarterback is on another roster somewhere in the NFL Um, and and I also know that uh, I'm going to tell tell a very quick story that I think I told you James the other week and that was uh, a scout was at Indianapolis Colts practice years ago when Peyton Manning was the quarterback and the scout looked to uh, a coach, a Colts coach, and said, hey, how come Jim Sorgi doesn't take any, any snaps? I mean, he's your backup. He, he's getting no exposure. How come you at least don't give him some snaps every week? And coach really, without looking, said, there's no part in our playbook that says we're blanked. If Peyton gets hurt, we're blanked. We're not going to waste snaps on we're blanked. And that's a little bit the case with the Bengals, but you know, what if it's a minor injury to Joe Burrow? What if it's a uh, an ankle injury that only keeps him out a week or two and we need a guy that can go in and win a game or two or at least put us in a position for the defense to make a big play and win a game? I'm not sure we have that on the roster. And I, I, I'm, I'm really leaning at this point, unless they show me something different Saturday, they haven't brought anybody else in, that um, our backup quarterback's on another roster. Mark, did you get a chance to uh, watch any of the game or anything you want to comment about uh, Friday night's game in Atlanta? Yes, actually, I had one eye on the game, and I also had one eye on a high school football game because my protege Brooklyn made the cheer captain for her uh, cheerleading squad. So we got to attend the Ross High School football game, and they got to go on the field and cheer during the first half, and they got up to do their dance at the first half. Uh game, I wanted to look and see what the backup wide receivers can. Charlie Jones and Yoshi Voss give us something, whether it's on the outside or whether, you know, in the slot. And they continue to produce. I like what I'm seeing there. I think it's going to add some flexibility. And I also have to give a shout out to the defensive line. I thought they played well. That's also something that we dire, is a dire need of us to be able to rush the passer this year. Uh, when Trey Hendricks is not on the field, it's basically nothing for us. It's non-existent. So, Gunther, uh, the guy from Florida, escapes my name. They played well. So, uh, I'll give them that. 
Yeah, Zach Carter. Uh, he put on a lot of weight. I, I didn't know who he was at first because he looked so much bigger than he did last year. Like, who is this guy? And it was him. I was shocked. Um, so, like I said, no one got hurt. And we're figuring out certain positions, I think, that can make us add a little wrinkle. You know, if you can put three receivers on one side and maybe put Yoshivas on, on one side and single him and just throw it up, I mean, I like my chances there. So, One thing that was a little bit disappointing, we talked about Miles Murphy after week one. Um, I know he was looking forward to heading to Atlanta for preseason game number two, being a uh, Georgian native, obviously didn't play, had some sickness there, so we didn't get uh, a chance to see much, um, if anything, out of him. So hopefully uh, he's feeling better. I heard he had a good practice today and would love to see him turn the corner uh, in Washington on Saturday. Augie, I think, must have been in, um, at the beach in hibernation. He comes comes on. We'll ask us a six million questions here, so I guess we'll welcome you back. We won't put you in the penalty box for missing the first what five, six weeks of uh, season number four. We got a new intro, Augie. You should like really join on at eight o'clock Eastern. But I digress. Um, and Andre uh, Yoshivis, yes, has been uh, the talk of preseason um, camp, but uh, he wants to hear your impression of um, Yoshi. Tom apparently he doesn't think what doesn't care what Tony thinks. Not, not to break my my shoulder patting me on the back, but I but I have plenty of witnesses too. If our good friend uh, Greg Luther is is watching tonight, he can attest. Uh, this was a guy that I I liked coming in. I hope the Bengals drafted him. I didn't think they'd get to draft him after uh, the Charlie Jones pick, but they were able to get him at a tremendous value. Uh, I think it's fitting he wears the number eighty. He reminds me a little bit of of you know Chris Collinsworth coming out of Princeton. Uh, Chris Collinsworth was also an academic All-American, but this guy's a heptathlete, a world-class overall athlete. He's smart. He's going to pick up the offense. He runs routes well. He's got good hands. He's fast. He can jump up and get the ball. He just needs to adjust to the NFL top-line competition, and I think he will do that. I think the Bengals got a real steal, and it's going to be nice having some depth uh, in short order at the wide receiver position that if – Jamar goes down for a game or T goes down for a game or Tyler goes down for a game. We're not all panicked that that position is still a weapon for Joe Burrow on the field. So, no, I I like everything I've seen of him so far and look forward to help tear up some AFC defenses. Hopefully we'll be back here next week, next Tuesday, talking about uh, first, as you often allude to, Tom, a clean game and no injuries coming off of um, – Washington, but a, but a good performance. And we're going to uh, change gears now, um, talk about some social media, tailgate stuff. It's that time of year, what are we, uh, three weeks away? we got this week, Labor Day off, so three weeks away from the home opener. So we're getting bombarded with, um, not the home opener, the season opener, with questions of, of what's going on, you know, what are you guys doing in Cleveland? What's going on in Nashville? Believe it or not, what's going on in Jacksonville in December? What's going on in, in, in San Francisco? So we've been trying to um, share as much as we can on, on social media. And um, looking at game number one, the city up north, we're going to do a, a bar takeover, much like we did last year. So stay tuned um, for that. There won't be a tailgate, per se, out in um, the municipal lot in the uh, city up north. So we're going to do a, a bar takeover. Prior to um, that game, obviously, the Sunday game here against the Ravens, 
to be in full force with some new twist to our southeast corner in Lottie. So stay tuned for that. Obviously, the Monday night game we, we've talked about um, at length. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the Trailer Park Bluesies will join us for that uh, live band there in, in Lottie, um, which is going to be a, a blast. And then once we leave there, we are um, headed to Nashville. I'm going to share the screen here, maybe if I don't screw this up. And there is our um, Nashville tailgate information. So if you're going down to um, Nashville, we secured a lot for pregame festivities. Some of the, the details are, are still trickling in. But if you'd like a ticket, you want to secure your spot, you can do so now. I'm also going to copy and paste the link here in the chat. Um, so you can, let me get back to here and uh, order to get those tickets for you. There are some reserved uh, parking spots in that same lot available, which you can also um, purchase. But for those that were there um, last year, it's not the same location. Uh, unfortunately, that truck stopped closed um, down. So it's actually on the other side of the stadium, close within walking distance. There is that Nashville tailgate information. With that said, after that, we're going to Arizona um, for October 8th. Those tailgate specifics are um, coming. Another popular way game we're getting a lot of talk about is San Francisco. So as of right now, there's nothing scheduled pregame. However, we are doing the wine event um, with Bolt Stripes in Napa Valley. Um, maybe, Tony, um, you can share that again tonight. So if people want to get more information on that, um, Tony will retweet that information on um, the happenings there before the, um, the San Francisco game. And then Jacksonville, um, we are in the process of, of putting together something for that too. So um, obviously a big part of what we do is enjoying and, and interacting with the, with the fans and we get the opportunity to not only do that Tuesday night, but in person um, at the tailgate. So that's kind of a, a quick recap for um, what we have planned. Any of the home games, obviously you don't need tickets. Any of the away games uh, we do because of limited space, limited beverages, the need to know what's going on. Um, we do ask that you purchase tickets in advance for those. And what, uh, Mark, what, uh, what did Jimmy do this afternoon in the, uh, in the Bengal gym bus? You want to talk about that? It looks like he got a part-time job delivering pizza for our new uh, official pizza sponsor of the Bengals, the Dotto's Pizza. And he was uh, able to deliver two tickets to the Monday night game, I believe, uh, and also a Jamar Chase jersey, along with the pizza. We still haven't seen them give the pizza. They just give the box with the jersey, which would be fine with me. I would just eat something else. But, uh, yeah, that was really cool. It's really cool. I love the Dotto's. I'm hoping they'll bring some El Mariachi pizzas down to the game. I love them, some sour cream, but it's nice to have another sponsor. So that um, that is there. We heard on social media about Donato's doing that. Today was the first one, so I think there's more. So you can still go on, order your um, Donato's pizza, and, and maybe you'll see Bengal Jim Bus pull up. Maybe you'll see Tom pull up in a, in a black Mercedes Benz uh, deliver a, a pizza. Maybe you'll see... Uh, Mark show up on his Harley Davidson. Hey, you never know what's uh, what's going to happen. The tiger could be getting a tiger from the zoo and showing up. Stay tuned. But um, that's cool of uh, Donato's to be doing that. And um, if you missed it, you can go on social media 
today or um, and check that out on their page. With that said, it is two-minute two warning. Thanks to our, our Cincy Bob's buddy, Josh, there for um, for that. Tony, do you want to uh, kick us off? Yeah, so uh, uh, traveling uh, this weekend as well to uh, FedEx Stadium. Uh, I'm going to bring uh, – I'll let uh, Bengal Jim tag along on this time, so we'll be down there representing. Um, you know, we'll see what we got going on in Washington. Um, other than that, uh, appreciate everyone again on the charity front. We are doing awesome at almost forty grand, and, uh, you know, keep uh, – keep, uh, looking at those social media feeds for all the charity opportunities that we have. we got a full year planned for us. Um, and uh, don't forget to buy your duck for a T3 Corp, which is a T Higgins signed jersey. Uh, as for the game at Atlanta, uh, I think they did really well. Um, I really was impressed with a couple of things. One was Zach, uh, Zach's, uh, uh, I'd say, dynamic um, engagement on the game's um, you know, being a preseason game, he's still fighting really hard for the boys. And I uh, thought that was pretty cool to see. And uh, I watched a little bit of Jonah. Um, I think Jonah's doing well, better than I thought he was going to do um, at the different position. But, uh, you know, he played a couple series there to, you know, to get his feet back underneath him. So uh, other than that, looking forward to uh, the season coming up. Mark? Uh, hope you guys have a good time in Washington. I've never been there for an American football game. I went there for a soccer game years ago. That stadium is a dump, to be honest with you. It's not that very nice. It's super old. Um, I was sort of nostalgic. I'm still used to the last game being against the um, Indianapolis Colts. Now we did away with that, so it's kind of odd that the last game isn't 90 minutes away. Uh, so, again, I'm just looking, hopefully, to see more improvement from the backup guys. No one gets hurt, most importantly. But I also I still want to see what these receivers can do. Uh, just give Joe Burrow more weapons and give more teams to think about just adding more wrinkles. So that, and also the backup defensive line is what I'm looking at again. Thomas? Well, keeping on the theme for Saturday night, I'll be looking for a little more pass rush. Uh, I know they probably won't be throwing too many blitzes out there on film for any teams to look at, but a little more pass rush from our, our front four and make sure the tackling and the coverage is good. Uh, so third down is an, an automatic for for the commanders. But the main thing is, again, just to stay healthy, uh, start getting ready for the Browns, looking for number nine to be back in practice and looking for number nine and number five to sign a contract extension. Uh, also, the, the final thing James did not mention with the Donato sponsorship, the ultimate, ultimate compliment from Donato's during this promotion is if the world's most famous Bengal fan from Canada delivers you your pizza in a smart car. That is, is the ultimate and cannot be equal. So please, please be looking for that. James? Why did, why did I just be a little cold, though, from Canada? Remember, remember the Domino's, the, the Noid that they used to have delivered? Didn't he have, like, a little smart car that, I don't know. Sorry, Jamie. That just <laughs> Jamie and the Noid from Domino's uh, battling. Maybe a tailgate number one this year. Uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, on the ticker there, um, again, we're still dealing with Facebook issues, so we apologize for that. Uh, we invite you to make sure you subscribe on um, on YouTube. And, again, if you don't have the opportunity to watch a show live, you can always go back. They are all archived on there, like our friend Jamie's going to have to do since, what is this, the fourth show in a, in a row he's uh, missed. And just, yeah, we're going to put this up, Augie. We'll just we'll dig at him since he's not here. Smart car and nosebleeds. 
That's our favorite Canadian right there. But um, a lot of exciting things um, happening. It just, man, you can tell it's it's football season again. And so much legwork goes into, obviously, the show. So thank you, Tom, for getting Coach Chefs tonight. But just behind-the-scenes stuff with with tailgates, not only the home ones, but logistics for the road ones and and things like that. And we're going to release that stuff as soon as we can. Um, obviously Nashville is, is live today. So just bear with us on, um, that and we'll start funneling that information out. Uh, James, are we allowed to break protocol with the boss not here and announce our guest for next week? He doesn't like that. We yeah, go ahead. Guest. He's not here. Next week, cut down, cut down week and we will have James Rapine joining us to, uh, to go over the Bengals roster as he sees it. Surprises, not surprises, any pickups. And I think if we, because we'll really be in Brown's prep mode by then, uh, if we don't have any contract extensions signed, I think we, we can ask him uh, what he sees from that. You can ask him about Taylor Swift, too. He's a big Swifty. <laughs> up, up, up. See, Andrea just, just brought this up. I keep missing this show because it's, yes, we apologize. We're aware of it. Um, we're working on it. So um, send yeah. out our team Sorry. of lawyers to handle the situation. Yeah, we're we're flying out to San Francisco to to deal with with Meta. So great point. It's uh, there's a large contingency that that watch it on there. Until then, that's what we got to get creative and, and share it through other channels. So we apologize, Andrea, and we're working on that. But a great show tonight. Uh, fantasy football talk um, was great with with Coach Sheps. If you have an idea for a guest, um, you know, we'll talk about all things Cincinnati, all things Bengals football, all that good stuff. So if you have something uh, you want to talk about, we're open to suggestions. Um, as we said from day one, this is a show by the fans for the fans. So we're all ears. With that said, uh, stay safe, everybody. And uh, everybody tune in um, Saturday here on The Boys. And we'll be back here. Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, whether we have Facebook working or not, uh, subscribe on YouTube. So, who day, everybody. Have a great night. Who day. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.